With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, worldwide. We have got a great guest joining us today here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. And we go to the telephones, and uh, our guest is with us. Go ahead and introduce yourself, my friend. We, uh, from time to time here on BGE, let the guests do their own introductions. Sure, James. Uh, I'm John O'Connor. I'm a lawyer in San Francisco. I've just written a book that's coming out uh, early November entitled Postgate, How the Washington Post uh, Betrayed Deep Throat, Covered Up Watergate, and Began Today's Partisan Advocacy Journalism. Yes. Uh, happy to be with you, James. This yeah. book is absolutely amazing. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the book. How, how did this come about for you? Um, why did you decide to write this book? Well, I had been representing Mark Felt, uh, Deep Throat, since 2002. And uh, what I would say is I wasn't chasing this story. It was trying to find me. Um, I did not want to write a book when I uh, represented Mark. I'm a busy lawyer, uh, but events conspired so that I did a biography of him along with Mark and put together his career and and uh, so forth, talked about his motivations. But in the course of all this, I had dealings with the Washington Post. I, I did a lot of my own research uh, to get into, get back into Watergate. I'd always been a Watergate buff. I had uh, figured out Mark Felt was deep throat back in 76. So I thought I knew a lot about it. But what happened was, James, as I'm doing research, I get questions and questions, and it's almost like a detective novel, the way I've written this, because I am the detective on it, and finally I figured out that, you know, the whole story wasn't really told in Watergate. Um, and then my question then was, to what extent did the Post know these facts and not report them? And that's, uh, uh, that's what really brought me around to this, and I felt, look, if I don't if I don't write this, who's going to write it? Uh, are we all going to keep Are we going to keep having false histories in our history books? Um, are we going to continue to have John Dean testify before Congress every time uh, there's a uh, scandal, real or imagined? So I felt I needed to do this. That's that's basically it. Well, the book is absolutely amazing. Talk to me a little bit about the writing process. Well. What I did was, I started out some years ago, and I have a full-time job. I did this on the weekends and when I, when I, uh, when time permitted. But what I did was, I collected all the articles of the Washington Post during Watergate. Now, there's something like 3,000 of them. They really flooded the zone during that time. And I collected those. I would hire summer clerks, uh, regular law clerks during the year. They're very difficult to access, uh, the way things are, and I got those. And I always thought that this might be something that involved an 
you know, maybe a little article in a magazine someplace. That's the way I started off. Maybe there are a few little quirks in their coverage. And then I, uh, after looking at all these articles and then comparing it with the known facts uh, and doing a lot of research on that, I realized that, uh, that you know, this is something that's going to require a book. So I just sort of put it together little by little over over a few years. And... Uh, and now we have this book. So it's really a labor of love. It's something I did. It became sort of a, an obsession with me. Uh, and just that's the way I think. I get on a subject. I don't want to leave it until I finished it. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, here's, here's what I think, James. Let me tell you what I think it's so important for your audience. Not only is this really interesting historically, and my book will give the reader uh, a concise view of what Watergate was as reported, what the real story is, a little bit about Deep Throat and how you could figure out he was Deep Throat, but then about all this other part of Watergate that no one knows about. Uh, let me tell you why it's important. Uh, we've just been through two years of turmoil in our country, and it's really still going on, about this Russian collusion stuff. Uh, has that been reported? Did, did the media fail us on this? And it's my contention that had the media, our great, supposedly great investigative reporters, just uncovered some basic facts that were available to any seventh grader who knew how to get on the internet, this thing would never have uh, taken flight, and we wouldn't have all been fooled into thinking there might be something there. Uh, and a lot of people got, uh, uh, now I, I, I didn't, I mean, I, I did my own research, but it, it, like I say, it was very obvious, but as long as this keeps going on, it is not good for our country. At the same time, by the way, at the same time, whereas our investigative reporters when we're selling 20% of our uranium to the Russians? Uh, but, oh, no, that, that, that uh, doesn't uh, cross anybody's uh, conscience. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, so, so what's going on here? Well, you've got, you've got reporting where the story line or the narrative comes first, and then we'll go find facts to fit it. That's really what happens. And uh, it's just a shame, because you can't have a democracy where people are not told the objective truth. We have got a great guest with us today. He joins us live, John O'Connor, Postgate of the Washington Post. Betrayed Deep Throat, covered up to Watergate to begin today's partisan advocacy journalism. He joins us today here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. Now, we had you on our um, on our iHeartRadio broadcast a couple days ago, and people just rave about this book. What do you want readers to take away from your writing of this great book? Well... What I want them to do is not only get a good, solid grasp of an historical era and the start of investigative journalism, but think about investigative journalism itself and be armed with the truth about the most impactful scandal in our nation's history, certainly the most, uh, the biggest scandal impacted by investigative journalism, and say, look, if we can be fooled on Watergate, we can be fooled on anything. Uh, and let's have it firmly in our grasp that we're going to hold the media accountable for uh, their misstatements. Think about it, James. We, we hold everybody accountable these days. You know, businessmen, politicians, we're now athletes, movie stars. Everybody's held accountable except for one part of our society, and that's journalism. 
Oh, no, and if we ever criticize a journalist, God help you, you're, you're against the First Amendment. Um, you know, as if, as if the person criticizing doesn't have a First Amendment right. So what I want the readers to do is, is have these facts firmly in grasp so that, A, uh, we can see how the media does it, number one, because this is a template. This is a playbook for everything that follows, and that's really my point. Um, and then uh, we, we, we can then uh, demand more of our media. And this is not a mirage. This is not uh, a joke. I'm not, I'm not wearing a tinfoil hat. This is very solid, very solid. And I think the readers will see that this was a very massive, a, a big deceit upon the public. And that's what I'd like them to see is how the media does it. It's something that's going to continue to keep going and we have to raise our voices and say something about it until some people get shamed into saying okay okay you got me we'll, we'll we'll do who what when where why and we'll actually let the people in our democracy decide for themselves fantastic so like. fantastic now yeah. um with with this book you've put a lot of time and a lot of details into this um what was some of the research that you did for the book well, like I say, I think uh, a lot of it came from from the newspaper articles, at least in yes. terms of what the po Post did. But then there are a variety of books. There are probably uh, 30 books that have little bits and pieces that will get you, will be the breadcrumbs that get you to what became known uh, that the Post should have picked up on. So then there's also uh, transcripts, there's testimony. For instance, I read Mark Felt's uh, transcript, most of the transcript of his criminal trial. He got wrongfully uh, indicted for what today is would be a normal FISA uh, operation, in which nobody understood the sort of the uh, uh, radicals in the wake of Watergate indicted him wrongly. But uh, but I read his transcript. I went back to some of the congressional hearings that were going on. Not just the Irvin Committee hearings, those is, that is to say the Watergate hearings, but there are other hearings going on at the same time. There was a congressional set of hearings on the CIA. There was a hearing, a congressional hearing for the confirmation of Earl Silbert, who was the Watergate prosecutor. So all these things reveal what was publicly known and what was out there, uh, but nonetheless did not reach the public. But yet you compare what was known, what should have been easily reported, but was not reported, uh, and you have uh, a real, a real uh, conflict there. Uh, that, so the question is, Watergate was unique in the sense that it was controlled by one paper, and that one paper, the Post, got Pulitzer Prizes. They, they owned the story. Uh, nobody was close to them in terms of coverage, and that's who people look to. So it's a it's a pretty easy template for me because it's not like today where you might have eight major media covering a story. You had one at that point. And then, of course, that gets uh, reverberated and repeated as we go to the Irvin hearings, and it's repeated in the nightly news. But the source for all things Watergate was the Washington Post. So uh, then you find out that they just decided to report the story their way uh, and not... <laughs> the way it really happened. 
absolutely amazing. It is a great guest with us today, uh, John O'Connor with us. He uh, has this incredible book. And um, so well, tell me about some of the different reviews you've gotten on the book so far. Well, you know, I've run it by uh, Luke Nichter, who was the uh, professor in, uh, I think he's at Texas A&M right now. But uh, Luke is a known Watergate expert, wrote, like I say, with Douglas Brinkley, uh, the a book on the Nixon papers. Uh, and he thought it was really a needed book. I mean, it's something that really fills in the gaps of our knowledge in Watergate. Um, uh, a, a, a former congressman, in, uh, uh, Dan Lundgren, who was a 20-year congressman in California and a former attorney general here for eight years, uh, he read the early excerpts of it, and uh, he thought it was great. Uh, Len Kolodny, who wrote Silent Coup about Yes, the, yes, about we've, had, we've had him on this broadcast, and I was just getting ready to ask and see if... Uh, You'd gotten some feedback from Len. Uh, what, 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 what did he have to say? Well, Len and I are good friends, and we've sort of bonded over some of our research. And, and Len, Len loved it. Um, we, have, we have slight disagreements. I mean, Len, uh, on, on Deep Throat, uh, just on, on certain things regarding Deep Throat and whether Deep Throat did everything that Woodward says he did. But let's put that aside. That's a minor yes. Yes. Historical deal between two guys who spend too much looking, too much, too much time looking at this stuff. But Len is a great friend, and he felt it's that fantastic. this is much needed, and and really fills in uh, the, the the page, so to speak, on what went on there. And of course, he did Yeoman's work on Silent Coup. Uh, the two books that I think are great are Len's Silent Coup and uh, Jim Hogan's Secret Agenda. Those two things are sort of precursors to my book, and they talk a little bit about the background of this. Uh, let me let me uh, veer off and just look, look uh, and use tell you how we can use my book to the present time. We've just had this RussiaGate reporting. Let me give you one example. We've had uh, the major media have always reported that George Papadopoulos met with a mysterious Russian-connected professor who was going to fix him up with Putin's niece and uh, told Papadopoulos about dirt that the Russians had on Hillary. And everybody, uh, including Mueller, uh, touted that as being part of a Russian conspiracy. But yet any reporter should have known in about 10 minutes that Joseph Mifsud was Western intelligence setting up Papadopoulos. It's just obvious. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the girl that was supposed to be Putin's niece was one of his students at Link University campus in Rome. His teaching colleague was Claire Smith from UK intelligence, and they teach a course on how to vet, do security vetting. They both taught a course on how to, <laughs> how to recognize foreign spies. He's part of Western intelligence. He's not part of Russia. And yet, uh, because he has uh, contacts he, he, uh, with Russian people and actually lectures sometimes, has Russian people into the school to talk, that somehow that makes him Russian-connected. It's, it's very, very silly, and it was clearly a setup by the intelligence agencies. But, but my question, the bigger question is, why didn't, the major media report that. 
Why didn't they say that? So it would have been obvious to, to so many uh, back uh, when this whole thing started. When Mueller first got appointed, I wrote an article, I forget who it might have been for The Hill, in which I said, you know, this this is a joke. This is, uh, this is just a silly conspiracy. It's an elitist left uh, conspiracy to depose a president. It's just, there's just nothing to it, and anybody should see that. But... Well, we, two years later, finally we found, find out the obvious, and, you know, people on some of the major networks are clasping their pearls, you know, so uh, there we have it. But that's why I think this is so important. How many times is this going to happen? You get back to the Scooter Libby case, when they make a big deal about this Valerie Plame, the outing of Valerie Plame. Well, if the media was alive and breathing, they would have told the reader that there's no possibility that anybody could illegally out Valerie Plame because she wasn't covered by the Foreign Identification Act, Foreign Agents Identification Act. There was nothing there from the start other than a perjury trap, like the Russiagate investigation was, a perjury trap. You're hoping one of your targets will either perjure himself or obstruct justice, and, and it's a game. And this was a game that was played... Uh, in the Russiagate investigation, hoping uh, that President Trump would slip up. And, you know, he, he almost did. He didn't. But human nature is such that you always put your best foot forward. And that's what happens in these investigations. Uh, the other thing I'd like to point out here, James, is this. Yes. Let's think about investigative journalism versus traditional journalism. What happened in 1972 to change the way we reported things? When you do investigative journalism... You're trying to get somebody. You've got a target. You've got an angle. You've got a slant. And if, if your goal is to nail somebody, to put a skin on the wall, then you're going to ignore it. It's human nature. You're going to ignore contrary evidence. I'm not sure people set out thinking, gee, I'm going to commit fraud. But it's <laughs> a natural tendency to commit fraud, to, to commit deceit by not... Uh, by ignoring inconvenient facts and maybe putting a little varnish on the ones you do report uh, and some spin on it. Um, and, and, and the very nature of investigative journalism is, is like that. So tomorrow, if President Trump cured cancer, the papers, because all these people think of themselves as investigative journalism, uh, journalists, they're going to say, Trump cures cancer so that white people with good coverage can benefit. That's the way it's, it gets spun. Now, that's just a spin. That's just an opinion. That's not what I call deceitful reporting. That's just a spin. But when it gets deceitful is when there's a fact. You know, when, uh, you know, when somebody does discover a cure to cancer and it's not reported uh, or it's reported wrongly. So that's, that's my problem. The public, uh, the public is not getting the facts. So I don't know if you find that, if you and your audience uh, uh, is fed up with today's media, but I'm trying to congeal that uh, those techniques into one spot that's of historical interest and is, like they say, the most important scandal to which all other scandals are compared. Well, we've got to go, my friend, but I appreciate you making time for us today and uh, coming on the broadcast. Thank you, my friend. Well, this is fantastic. You've got a great show, and I'm, it's, honored, uh, it's an honor to be 
It's an honor to be on it. Definitely, definitely. Well, I appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Have yourself a wonderful, wonderful afternoon. Thank you, my friend. Okay, James, thanks. Thank you much. There he goes, John O'Connor. And uh, that is that, and we are going to wrap up here on iHeartRadio. And thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Good morning. Yes, give me a couple seconds here, and uh, we will get off and running here. We'll be live? Uh, no, we'll be taped. We'll run it uh, the second. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.